Today is Thursday, February 9th, and in the news we have, James O'Keefe is reported to have been put on paid administrative leave, and it's being reported that the Project Veritas board will be voting to remove him as a company's leader tomorrow, February 10th. Meta restores Trump uh, uh, Trump's account on Facebook and Instagram following a two-year ban uh, following the January 6th darkest day in history, making it more likely for his return to mainstream social media channels. But I'm going to tell you what his contract was through True Social uh, entails. Uh, and then it says an FBI internal memo warns against RTC. Have you heard of the RTC? Yeah, you know me. Or radical traditionalist Catholic ideology. That's right. The FBI is warning against Christians. They're too radical. And a leaked memo saying Catholics are becoming more anti-immigrant, anti-LGBT, and anti-Semitic. Says radicals have found their home in the traditional Latin mass. Uh-oh. And lastly, Paramount announces the next prequel to Yellowstone, and I am here for it. If you're not watching it, highly, highly recommend. But with that, let's jump into that very first article. All right. This is a thread by Old Rose Swig. Uh, it says, uh, thread the Project Veritas coup. This is what it's being called. Not by me, by other people uh, close to the sources. And, of course, James O'Keefe has actually not tweeted uh, from the best of my knowledge. Actually, you know what? Let me double check here just to make sure. Yes. The last time he tweeted was on February 4th. And he tweeted, these are the times that try men's souls. Very interesting that he tweeted that, uh, but it was actually in link with the Epoch Times. It says Facebook, Instagram threatened to restrict or ban Project Veritas. Uh, but going back to that thread, this is what it says. A whistleblower has contacted me about the news that at James O'Keefe was put on leave and stripped of all authority at Project Veritas. This is difficult for me to publish as a staunch supporter of Project Veritas for years and even a VIP at their events. But what is happening to James O'Keefe is unconscionable and attempted hostile takeover of Project Veritas needs to be stood against by its supporters. This will not stand. James is a bit of a victim of poor corporate structure as Project Veritas is two separate organizations, a 501c3, which had very few board members and the majority of the money, and a 501c4, which had significantly more board members but less money. According to my source, the situation has allowed to two alleged... Uh, ringleaders of this attempt to push James out to have significant sway over the others despite their reasons to be essentially meritless. Board members and C-suite officers involved in this, according to my source, are as follows. These are the names of those attempting to coup, again, according to Old World Swig. Board members, Matt Termand, um, which is the ringleader, John Garvey, George Skakel, Joseph Barton, not the congressman, that's a little note there, Steve Alembic, the CFO, Tom O'Hara, and the COO, Barry Hinckley, ringleader, pronouns, and bio. And then it actually shows a picture of Barry Benjamin Hinckley's LinkedIn, and it has pronouns in the bio. All right, I'm going to say something that is not necessarily politically correct. If you are hiring people or if you're looking to hire people, um, a usual telltale of trouble is pronouns in the bio. So Project Veritas, you do great work. Um, James O'Keefe, you do great work. I'm sure you're not necessarily entirely in charge of the hiring process per se. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think uh, they have about 65 plus employees. So I don't think he's directly involved with that. He's a pretty busy guy. Uh, but yeah, pronouns in the bio, my guy. Mm -mm. Immediate red flag. Source. Uh, quote, the board held a six and a half hour struggle session versus James where they subjected him to constant derision and insults at the insistence of Terman, O'Hara and Hinckley. 
about 10 employees aired their grievances about James, which essentially boiled down to him being a tough boss to work for. At the end of the six-hour struggle session, Terman and fellow board member John Garvey put him on leave and stripped him of all authority. It was literally a Stalinesque kangaroo court trial. The thing that is so very profound to me that no one seems to grasp, John Garvey and the rest of the board did nothing to stop it. Matt Terman had it all scripted, all six effing hours. This comes in the immediate aftermath of Project Veritas' greatest moment ever, exposing corruption at Pfizer, which my source thought was extremely suspicious timing. And I shall also say this. What convenient timing for all this to be happening to James O'Keefe. Interesting, interesting. You boot the founder right after your biggest win of all time. The tweet goes on to say, PV must explain the situation. My sources believe that uh, with enough public support, James O'Keefe could win back the support of the 501c board. So please retweet and voice uh, your support and so on and so on. And then Project Veritas actually did have to issue a statement. They haven't tweeted since. And this is what Project Veritas had to say following the alleged reports. Project Veritas official response to today's news reports. Despite what the corporate media tries to portray about our organization, know this, we have never been more motivated and dedicated to our mission than now. This is their official statement. Project Veritas has achieved uh, has achieved immense growth and impact during the last three years. Like all newsrooms at this stage, the Project Veritas board of directors and management are constantly evaluating what the best path forward is for the organization. The board and management are continuing this internal evaluation to assure our long-term success Project Veritas will never stop and we will never let our supporters down. There are 65 plus employees at Project Veritas dedicated to continuing the mission to expose corruption, dishonesty, waste, fraud, and other misconduct in both public and private institutions. To our supporters, we hear you, we care about you, and we will never give up. Notice how nothing was said about James O'Keefe, about the allegations that they're looking to oust them. This is basically a nothing burger here uh they, they are basically just reassuring to people that they will continue to work hard i applaud project veritas under the leadership of james o'keefe for everything that they have accomplished the corporate media the fbi stooges as james o'keefe uh, uh has has uh, historically said and, and calls them out for exactly what most of the media is today corporate stooges uh federal stooges these people that are, are contracted by the government to be propaganda machines I applaud Project Veritas for everything that they have achieved. And this is very interesting timing, especially right after the Pfizer thing. I will leave it at that. Uh, but with this, uh, I do have a quick follow-up. Uh, this is Tim Cast. Uh, it says, James O'Keefe accused of erratic behavior by 16 Project Veritas employees. Quote, James has become a power-drunk tyrant, said one unnamed employee in a letter submitted to the organization's board. I would highly recommend you take a look at this and you can kind of read it over. Uh, they actually obtained, Tim Cass obtained the emails uh, uh, that, that was sent to people. Um, it's pretty lengthy. I'm not going to be able to read all over it here. I, I'd probably take about 20 minutes to read uh, everything that's really on there. But it says, Tim Cass obtained a copy of the letter sent to Project Veritas Board of uh, Directors, Project Veritas Action, and their organization's executive management. The 11-page document included anonyms, an anonymous reports from witnesses and secondhand accounts of, quote, a pattern of behavior that severely limits the staff's ability to execute the PV mission. And then it actually links all 11 pages. Uh, it says here, team, last night I stood up to a bully and was fired. Management by shaming and bullying, it's never acceptable and it doesn't belong in the workplace. Uh, be brave, do something. Um, it looks like... Uh, uh, yeah, so it goes on and it, it basically goes, James has become a power drunk tyrant and he's exactly who he pontificates. 
on who we should be exposing. I'm on the side of holding James accountable for his behavior that is damaged. And then if I'm not mistaken, it actually goes into it. It says, another example in a group setting is the all hands with respect to jitsus leaving the organization. Spain had the bravery to say we should have the ability to disagree. And to paraphrase, paraphrase, we are not disposable. James O'Keefe was combative, conflating internal versus external issues. Um, and then it, it, it goes into like bullet points and it goes on to say uh, basically everything that James O'Keefe has done or allegedly done. Um, it says uh, Laura quit because she was humiliated and demeaned by James for not being fast enough to give a critical mass story, even though she wasn't hired on as a journalist in front of all journalists. Uh, another one says in a per in a personal conversation with Jared after he left uh, Project Veritas, it was discussed that his departure was due to personality clashes with uh, between Jared and James. Jared is also held in right high regard. Uh, another one says I would describe um, uh, I would describe Project Veritas current uh, environment with this saying the beatings will continue until uh, uh, morale improves. And so basically it just goes into the nitty gritty of all the complaints. It's 11 pages long. You can actually download it. I'm looking at this thing now. It says download this PDF. You can take a look at it. Highly recommend. This is, again, TimCast.com. And the name of the article is James O'Keefe accused of erratic behavior by 16 Project Veritas employees. From what I understand and, and just reading this, it, it doesn't seem like outside of personal grievances. It doesn't look like... Um, there was anything, I guess, illegal, like uh, there, uh, it doesn't look like drugs or alcohol are involved to, uh, outside of. I do believe there are some points because I was kind of reading this as quickly as I could because this one just came out. Um, but it, it was talking about how there were some times where James O'Keefe in public was seen acting erratically due to his alcohol consumption. But, bro, I mean, that's not a reason to fire the guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, he basically founded this. He, there is no Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. And that is exactly what a lot of conservatives, a lot of people, a lot of journalists are saying online, saying there is no Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. Uh, and, and even Candace Owens, I believe, has put out a statement saying wherever James O'Keefe goes, that is where my money will go and my support for James O'Keefe will continue. So I guess we got to wait and see James O'Keefe, who is uh, not known to stay quiet during all these kind of events. Uh, he's usually very active on social media, has remained silent uh, since February 4th. What is that, like five days now? And then uh, ever since the allegations came out yesterday, obviously it blew up. Uh, a lot of people started sharing it. A lot of people said it my way. But this is where we are right now. We don't know. We don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, I've reached out to a couple of projects. I've actually reached out to Pro uh, Project Veritas myself. Uh, I, I got some off-the-record responses, which are really non-responses. They, they basically just said, uh, uh, paraphrasing here something uh, to the, like, just, just wait it out. Basically saying, wait till we make an official statement. And then Project Veritas made the official statement, which I read just now. And it doesn't seem to be a statement really an answer at all but only time will tell i know a lot of people have already expressed their solidarity with james o'keefe both online people have taken to the project veritas youtube and and other socials including twitter and instagram saying if you guys get rid of uh, james o'keefe there is no more project veritas we will we will stop uh, supporting both financially and also just by following and stuff like that so you let me know what you think about this story it, you know does it look like it's going to happen I don't know, maybe you know a little bit more insight than I do, or maybe something's come up. Let me know in the comments down below. Meta restores Donald Trump's access to Facebook and Instagram. That is as of January 9th. That's today. Meta Platforms Inc. has restored former U.S. President Donald Trump's access to Facebook and Instagram. Meta spokesperson Andy Stone confirmed on Thursday following a two-year suspension after the deadly Capitol, the deadly Capitol Hill riot. Okay, I mean, 
one person died, Ashley Babbitt, or one person was killed. I mean, I I understand there was multiple people that died that day, but only one person was. But I guess technically it's right. Okay, so Meta in January said it would lift Trump's suspension in the coming weeks and would institute heightened penalties of an uh, of a suspension between one month and two years if the former president violated in content policies again. Trump now regains access to key platforms for voter outreach and political. Fundraising ahead of another run for the White House in 2024. He had 23 million followers on Instagram and 34 million on Facebook as of January. So I know a lot of people saying like, oh, what does this mean? Is he going to be able to come back? Some people have said that he can't come back to Twitter or, or Meta because um, he has this agreement with True Social, which I'm going to read to you. I actually just found this. This is May 16, 2022. And what that agreement actually alludes to, he technically can come back. I know that he has publicly said that he would not come back to Twitter. And I know that, he, I, that uh, when Elon Musk also restored his account on Twitter, uh, he also went on to say uh, that even if they were to um, restore him on Twitter, uh, that he would not come back because True Social is a lot hotter. And this is, like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, he obviously has a lot more followers on all other social medias. True social, to me, in my opinion, is a, is a large echo chamber. There's not a lot of difference of opinions or difference. There's a lot of bots, too. A lot, a lot of bots over at True Social that I have personally seen. And, and, and I see the interaction and just stuff like that. But this this is the Hollywood Reporter. This is, again, May 16, 2022. Trump agrees to use True Social as primary uh, social media platform. That's important to say to, to denote as a primary social media platform and i'll dig into this donald trump has agreed to post on true social before any other social media platform as a new company views a former president as a centerpiece of its business model well yeah there would be no true social without donald trump just like there would be no project Veritas without james o'keefe the disclosure comes in a filing related to the merger between blank check company digital world acquisition core and trump media and technology group core the parent company behind true social the merger would make trump media and technology group core a public company but comes with a number of risks related to trump's political and legal statuses trump is the chairman of the trump media and technology group core the company is led by former congressman david devin nunez uh, who is, has a base salary of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars which can be increased to one million on a second work anniversary according to the filing True Social is the first product created by Trump Media and Technology. Let's see. According to the terms of the licensing agreement between Trump, and again, this is important. According to the terms of the licensing agreement between Trump and Trump Media and Technology Group, after posting on True Social, Trump cannot post on any other social media uh, platform for six hours. The exception is for posts from his personal accounts with political messaging, political fundraising, or get out the vote efforts. This would mean Trump cannot use Twitter as his main social networking site, even after Elon Musk, the company's potential new owner, cleared the way for his return. Trump Media and Technology Group states that a part, a part of its success depends on the reputation and popularity of its chairman, President Donald J. Trump, which brings it with it a number of risk factors. Uh, so the agreement here, from what I understand, is he cannot post on other social media for at least six hours after posting on True Social. So he can post, he can wait six hours, and then he can go over to Twitter or Meta platforms and post there. And remember, there are exceptions. And those exceptions are uh, on his personal accounts, not on his, I guess not on his presidential ones or his political ones. Um, kind of doesn't make sense a little bit because he's no longer with the political ones. But it says uh, political fundraising or get out the vote effort. So there are exceptions. So... And look, the reality is, 
who's going to tell Trump what he can and cannot do, right? Like, 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 let's just be honest here. He can basically do whatever he wants. But obviously, with True Social, they're going to be like, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, what are we supposed to do? You know, like, we just spent all this money and, and, and working with you and, and signing you on. And now no one's going to be coming to True Social if you're posting elsewhere. I know a lot of people are saying, like, I had one uh, person on Twitter tell me, like, oh, he's never coming back to Twitter or Meta. Like, never. And I'm like, no, dude. I mean, he's got tens of millions more followers on Meta and on Twitter. And he's going to reach people that he's not able to reach elsewhere, especially now on True Social. You go up to a regular human being, most people don't have True Social. I know a lot of people that don't even have Meta uh, on their thing. They only have Twitter or vice versa. They only have Facebook and they don't have Instagram and Twitter. So that's why me as a journalist, me as a reporter, me as uh, whatever you want to call me, I have to be on all of them. I'm even on TikTok. I don't want to be on TikTok, obviously, because of all the obvious reasons, but I have to be there. You fish where the fish are and the fish are plenty over on Meta and Twitter. And I'll just be even more transparent and honest with you. I don't think True Social will ever, 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 ever be uh, to, to the magnitude that is Meta and Twitter. The reason for it, and I've said this before, is because Twitter and the Meta were never meant to be political. It was meant to be for everyone. And they were started during a time where not everything was hyper-political. It was started during a time where it wasn't really bad and we weren't looking for a parallel economy. What we were, and, and with True Social, it's a complete opposite. It was literally started after a hyper-political uh, country and everyone's divided. And it literally said, we are literally starting True Social in, 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 in order to give conservatives a platform. Well, conservatives, not even all conservatives moved over. There's a lot of Republicans that don't like Donald Trump and they just don't use True Social. I know a lot of people that started like, yeah, you know what? I have True Social. I just never use it anymore. Like, there's just no point. There's no dialogue. There's no people really there, you know? And so... Only time will tell. You let me know what you think, what your thoughts are on that on the uh, comments down below. The FBI internal memo warns against a radical traditionalist Catholic ideology. It says the FBI's Richmond Field Office released an internal uh, memo last month warning against radical traditionalist Catholic ideology and claiming it almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities, according to a document shared by an FBI whistleblower on Wednesday. Kyle Serafin, who was a special agent at the Bureau for six years before he was in indefinitely suspended without pay in June 2022, published a doc document, quote, interest of racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and radical traditionalist Catholic ideology almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities on un UncoverDC.com. Quote, in making this assessment, FBI Richmond relied on the key assumption that racially or ethnically motivated extremists will continue to find radical traditionalist Catholic or RTC ideology attractive and will continue to attempt to connect with the RTC adherents, uh, both uh, virtually via social media and in person at places of worship, the document from January 23 states. It adds that the RTCs are typically categorized by the rejection of the Second Vatican Council. And I'm actually just going to go into like where like the, uh, the, the actual document itself. It says the FBI doubles down on Christians and white supremacy in 2023. The FBI's Richmond Division would like to protect Virginians from the threat of, quote, white supremacy, which it believes has found a home within Catholics who prefer the Latin mass. Very interesting. An intelligence analyst with the Richmond Field Office of the FBI released in the new uh, Finnish intelligence produced dated January 20, uh, or uh, intelligence product dated January 23rd, 2023, on racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, RMVE, and their interest in radical traditionalist Catholicism, or RTCs. 
The document assesses with high confidence the FBI can mitigate the threat of RTCs by recruiting sources within the uh, Catholic Church. Uh, it goes on to say that, um, uh, you know, they're obviously into the... <laughs> into this and it says a number of more traditional views on other world religions uh can amount to adherence to anti-semitism anti-immigrant uh, uh anti-lgbt and white supremacist ideology this writer draws the important distinction between traditional catholics who simply prefer the traditional latin mass and pre-vatican II teachings and rtc's who espouse quote more extremist ideological beliefs and violent rhetoric basically to summarize this for you guys and i guess you you guys can search this up for yourself the church has become too radical nowadays. I know a lot of Hispanics that attend traditional Latin mass. I've been invited to traditional Latin mass multiple times by a lot of my Hispanic friends. And basically what they're, uh, and I see what they're doing here. I, I absolutely see it because now you have like the church of England talking about gender neutral God and talking about how it's going to start blessing same sex marriages. This is where we are headed. Christians are too radical for today's modern society. That's just the reality. I actually shared a tweet just not too long ago from this uh, activist, uh, Native American activist on uh, my Twitter. And this is what he had to say. And, you know, he, he said it kind of like jokingly, but I know he's not joking. And I know that this is exactly where we are headed. Uh, let's see here. Um, Lakota man. I think that's what he goes on by the on on social media it says uh christianity was complicit this is lakota man over on twitter christianity was complicit in the native american genocide therefore i want the bible banned because it hurts my feelings now again i kind of shared it saying like okay because he said it hurts my feelings i think it's a little bit of satire but this is what i had to reply with many might write this off as a satire joke but i definitely feel this is the this is where we are headed uh, the Bible will become a symbol of oppression as it conflicts with the ever-growing desires of a godless society. And that's exactly where we are headed. Now the FBI is coming out and saying, you got to watch out for the Catholic bros. You got to watch out for the traditional Latin mass. And I know that for, you know, I'm not Catholic. I'm Protestant myself, uh, but I have a lot of Catholic family. I have a lot of Catholic friends, uh, a lot of Catholic audience members that follow me and, you know, love you guys. Thank you guys so much for all your support. As always, I'm not into the infighting. I I, I pray for all of us and I hope that, you know, we, we all are, are able to put our differences aside and, and just be able to work together in the name of Christ and, and as the bride of Christ and and defeat what's coming because what is coming is the persecution of the church under these radical FBI warnings of you know hey you got to watch out for this white extremism even among the Hispanics and the Latinos you know like which is what they're already are insinuating you know that uh, that even though we are Hispanic and Latinos there's headlines of this all over the place that we are also white supremacy adjacent uh, so just be careful for that you know because it's it's coming. It's coming, and we knew it was coming. It's in the Bible. It's going to come for us. We've had it really good here in America, uh, you know, with, with no real persecution. We don't really know what real persecution looks like compared to other countries. Uh, that's for sure. But I see this language. I see these headlines, and I know exactly where it's going. All right, guys, let me know what you guys think about that in the comments down below. And on to this last report. I just kind of want to share this one. I'm pretty excited about this report. The next Yellowstone prequel announced by Paramount. Uh, executive. This is by my good friend uh, Kay Smith over at uh, the Daily Caller. Since the Paramount Network uh, officially reported, announced uh, official reportedly announced their next prequel to hit series Yellowstone during a community event in Hamilton, Montana. Sunday night, Executive Vice President of Production Tom Prince from 101 Studios, who partnered with Paramount to produce the hit Taylor Sheridan created cowboy drama, said the next prequel installment will be titled 1944, according to Ravi Ravai Republic. I think that's how you say it. 
The announcement comes hot on the heels of 1923 being issued a second season. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm currently going through 1923. I already saw 1883. I thought it was fantastic, especially in a culture where everything is woke. Everything is degenerate. Uh, everything has to be just crazy and propagandized. Uh, I, I can enjoy a show like this. I'll be honest, 1883, fantastic. 1923, I think new episode drops this Sunday, I think. Every Sunday, I think they got like new episodes. Uh, but that one, I, so far, 1923 is my most favorite one. Uh, and I'm on the edge of my seat for the next episode. Uh, Yellowstone is good. Don't get me wrong. It's good, but it does have a tiny bit of woke. And you can kind of like sense it with some of the scenes. But uh, uh, they killed off that character. So I'm hoping that, uh, yeah. It's not really a spoiler alert. Because if you haven't watched it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm very excited about that. But you guys let me know about that. Are you guys watching it? What do you think of that series? Let me know in the comments down below. All right, guys. With that, I am off for the day. Uh, I, I'm going to continue to report. Obviously, I'll continue to put up on my uh, social medias. But uh, if you want to continue to support our work, uh, links down below. You can head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inform with Anthony. There's also some merch that just dropped. I'm actually wearing one of them right now, my Brother in Christ shirts. Uh, these are going to be hot, especially heading into Easter. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, so make sure you copy yours now. Uh, but with that, guys, thank you guys so much for the support. Make sure you like, make sure you comment, make sure you share with everyone. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, Friday, God willing. See you guys.